Amen. It was settled. For those of you who are saved, aren't you glad that you can say it was settled long ago? I didn't have to do a thing but receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. And praise the Lord for that old account being settled long ago on the cross of Calvary. If you would, take your Bibles with you this morning here and turn to Psalm 95. Psalm 95. We're going to read the entire chapter here. Only 11 short verses. And I've entitled the message, O Come, Let Us Praise the Lord. O Come, Let Us Praise the Lord. And that's how the verse starts there. Psalm 95, verse 1. O Come, Let Us Sing Unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God. Amen. He is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is also his. And the sea is his and he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved, with this generation and said it is with this uh, or it is a people that do err in their heart and they have not known my ways unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest our heavenly father as we come this morning we open up thy word help us lord help me to present the message you've laid in my heart with power with clarity and I pray for everyone listening today that they would be filled with thy spirit so they could hear, understand, and apply these truths to their life. From the youngest to the oldest, God have your way. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A man was reading his newspaper early in one morning, and, and his wife, she came to him at, at the breakfast table, and she gave him a big hug, smiled, and said, Honey, you don't know what today is, do you? And he said, Of course I know what today is, with ha not having a clue at all what the day was. And so he went back to reading his paper and, and act as if nothing uh, was awry. And, and he left for work, scared to death. What is today? I, I need to, maybe it's her birthday. So he uh, called the florist and ordered a dozen white roses and had them sent to the house for his wife. And then he thought, well, maybe it's not her birthday. Or maybe, I can't just give her flowers. That's not enough. It might be, it might be our anniversary. This guy was in bad shape. And he obviously didn't have an iPhone, right? But he, but he anyway, he, he thought, well, okay, uh, he went called the jeweler, he picked out a nice gold uh, uh, bracelet and had it special delivered to the house for his wife. And then as he was going home from work, he said, you know, <clears throat> I still may be in a doghouse here, I don't really remember. So he stopped and bought a very expensive box of chocolates, he got to the house, pulled in the drive, his wife came out to greet him. And he said, honey, here, he gave her the box of chocolates and she wrapped it, her arms around him. He said, oh, honey, this is the, the best Groundhog Day I've ever had in my life. And, well, this is a special day. It's not, not yet almost the Groundhog Day, but it's not the Groundhog Day we're celebrating. This is a special day for our church. And if you have, uh, haven't figured it out yet, maybe if you haven't checked your phone out, we are celebrating the anniversary of 184 years uh, 
not all of us have been here, obviously, that long. But, and then, of course, 27 years for myself and Mildred as we've been here ministering in this place. But this is the 184th year. And Andrew Jackson, just finishing up his presidency when this church was established, think of all the history. The Civil War hadn't even started. And, uh, and, and so on this 184th anniversary, I want to take a look at this psalm a little closer in Psalm 95. And it reminds us of what our church, the Noms Baptist Church, is all about. Why we're here and why it was built 184 years ago. And today is not about us, okay? Today, it's not about, in fact, it's not even about the Noms Baptist Church. Today is about, it's not about the building, it's about God himself. It's, that's what it's, the head of our church. There are three things here that will help us focus on God in this passage in Psalm 95, which I think, uh, obviously, in the church uh, should be present. Number one, I see an invitation. Don't you love an invitation? Uh, now, some of us men say, well, we can do without those invitations to the weddings, but um, we endure it, right, to make everybody happy. Uh, maybe, uh, but there's, there's some special invitations that we, we do enjoy. Uh, I, there was a missionary I was reading about, David, uh, Dave Woodward, a missionary in England, and he received a personal invitation to visit the House of Commons. Uh, there, while there in the town he lived, he uh, made good friends with some very important people. And uh, one day came this beautiful gold embossed Im invitation from the local MP. The, um, I thought, military police? No, it's the member of parliament. And so he was told to go to a certain entrance to the House of, Par uh, of Parliament uh, over there, uh, right next to the Big Ben. And, um, and so informed the guard who he was, remembering to bring, of course, his passport for uh, identification. And when he got there, he was disappointed because the line was a mile long. I mean, they were just lined up. Hundreds of people were there. And, but he followed the directions, gave the guard his uh, name and, and identity. And the guard checked out his identity, told him to wait for further instructions. Said a few minutes passed, and an attendant came uh, to the door and shouted above the noise, and of course, in that wonderful English accent, and I'm not going to attempt it, but Mr. David Woodrow, or, uh, excuse me, Woodward, uh, would you please come forward and, and we'll, we will escort you to your seat. And boy, then he, well, he really felt important. He passed all these 300 people, went right through the entrance. They sat him down the uh, very uh, uh, inner chambers of the Chamber of Commerce. And um, he was uh, greeted personally by the MP and showed to a seat. But now, that would be pretty neat, wouldn't it? Boy, that would be really cool to be uh, uh, called into the White House, called into the House of Commons to be uh, treated like royalty. But folks, we even have something greater than that. You and I, we have been invited to come before the throne of Almighty God. We, as we gather here today, we don't gather just as a social gathering to come together and talk about the ball games and, and whatever else is out there to talk about. We come together to worship God. And this is, this is uh, an invitation to come before a holy God and worship Him. And that's what we are here doing the today. In Psalm 95, that invitation is given. An invitation to come and worship 
in the very presence of God Almighty. And so that's, that's why we're here. What, what is this invitation? Well, look at it. It says there in verse 1, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Amen. To sing, to make, and then it, it, it added this, let us make a what? A joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen. So those of us who can't carry a tune, praise God, just make a noise, a joyful noise unto the Lord. And then to give thanks. And again, it says make a joyful noise. We're invited to come before his presence with thanksgiving. And there again, it says make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. I guess some people back then were just like you and I today. Some of us, we couldn't carry a tune either because twice, Twice he, David talks about uh, not just singing to God, but making a joyful noise. David's thinking, I know some of you can't sing. That's all right. You don't have to be able to sing on tune. Just make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Now listen, God doesn't care if you sing on tune or not. I, I've said this before, but it may have been a while. Uh, I remember uh, one of the funniest things that ever happened to me was with a, a several preacher friends of mine. We were all in college. And we were in, in Georgia. We were sleeping in the church. We were all going to be preaching. And so we got the bright idea that night. I'm not sure whose idea it was that uh, we all would just preach a little bit. We first would sing our favorite hymn, and then we would preach. Just us men there, uh, just guys, sleeping in the church. So one fellow got up. I'm not kidding you. He was the worst. I, I really felt like a good singer after hearing him. And it was one of those things, and these guys had no mercy at all. And I could not keep from laughing because everybody else was rolling. And the poor guy tried to finish up. But he could not carry a tune. But let me tell you, I would rather hear that again. I'd rather hear a man who's singing from his heart. Maybe he's off tune. Maybe it's way out at left field. But he has a heart for God than someone who's got everything perfect and doesn't really care about living for God at all. And you see, that's what God wants. He wants us to make a joyful noise. So there's good hope. Uh, uh, there's hope for you and I that can't sing well. Just make a joyful noise. Let me insert here. When we sing these hymns, that's not just a, something we add in on the schedule because we need to fill in some time. That's part of our worship to God. That's why I encourage you from the youngest to the oldest to sing the hymns. Now, we never did have the words up here on the screen like we do now, but the coronavirus has changed several things. But, um, but when we sing, whether it's looking up here at the words or grabbing a hymn book, sing because you're not singing unto the congregation. You're not singing to the preacher. You're singing unto God, and that's part of your worship. Uh, teenagers, don't sit and, and look, or look at your phone. Oh, that's another rabbit trail I should chase a little bit. You know, we ought to put our phones away. I never, unless there's a specific reason, someone I, I'm expecting an emergency call, I do not bring my phone in here, except now the coronavirus, here it is, it's filming me right now. But it can't, no one can when this is going on. We shut everything down. And, but my point is this, we don't need our phones. If you have to, if your job requires you to have a phone, we understand that. Put it on vibrate. But don't be looking at it. Don't be looking at uh, and I, I understand. Since you're a preacher, well, I got the Bible there. I know. That's, that's, that's good. But let me encourage you to use your actual Bible. I think sometimes we forget, if we're using those, those devices, we forget where the books of the Bible are. We forget how to turn those pages. And oh, just, just something about hearing the pages of God's Word being turned. 
well, enough of those rabbit trails. I wanted to chase a little bit. But now, so we have a, a, a pretty neat invitation, you and I, to come before the Lord, to sing, to make a joyful noise. Uh, th though I, I, I wasn't here 184 years ago, I am sure that even then, people would be in the church, had gathered together, and they would sing unto the Lord and, and praise God. And that should remain a part of our worship today, most definitely. Every service, at least we should try to sing and, and uh, be a part of that. It's our time to worship the Lord. Um, we've, you know, as a church, we've, stro we, we've, striven to, we've driven to, been driven to try to bring thankfulness uh, to the forefront. We are thankful for what God has done. We are thankful for our salvation. We can go on and on. And we should not lose, lose that at all. We ought to be a thankful people. We have a lot to be thankful for, a rich heritage, no doubt about it. Uh, a group of pioneers who settled here in the early 1800s. They were led of the Lord to build a church on this very site. It wasn't this very building, but this very site, they built a, a building. And uh, uh, to, to, why? To preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the men and women of that day, you, I'll guarantee you, they sacrificed much to build that building. And uh, uh, to, to they, they literally became a lighthouse set on this hill to the community around them. And though the name may have changed a few times down through the years, let me tell you, the message has not. It's the same message that that first preacher that got in the pulpit and preached. And as you can see in our bulletin, there is a lot of pastors that filled the pulpit of this church down through those, especially those first 96 years. And then, of course, in 1933, Brother Rodman came. And he preached his first sermon. He made himself available to God. It wasn't long after that that God called him to be the pastor uh, uh, here at Knobs Baptist Church for the next 46 years. Can you imagine that? 46 years preaching and serving and doing the work of God as a pastor of this church. Under his ministry, only God knows how many souls came to Christ. Only the Lord knows all that was accomplished uh, for the cause of the Lord. And, and not, only, not only Brother Rodman, but all those other believers that came alongside him and uh, were, were serving with him. Uh, some of you are that's still here uh, that were uh, saved under Brother, Brother Rodman's ministry and, and still uh, working hard. Let me just ask you to do this. I'm not going to ask you to stand or preach or anything like that. But if you have been here for at least uh, 10 years, would you raise your hand? Amen. Amen. Um, and how about uh, 20 years? Who's been here for 20 years? Amen to that. How about 30? Still several hands. 40? Good grief. Y'all old. Oh. Uh, <laughs> how about 50 years? How about 60? 70? Is that, well, you were here all your life, weren't you? We won't go that far to uh, reveal that age. But uh, praise God. I would say praise the Lord for that faithfulness, for staying there at it, for all the trials and struggles. Olivia, no talking. And for uh, uh, being faithful to God all through these years. What a blessing that is. What a testimony that is. I also like to, to attempt to read some of the names of individuals that did serve the Lord. Most, if not all of these, were, are with the Lord. Um, 
And uh, I, of course, I, I can't start off without mentioning uh, Brother Rodman's first wife, Inez Rodman. And then I, I'm just going to read the names because I don't have time to, to uh, elaborate on each one. But Elaine Rodman, Lloyd and Inez, I've already mentioned. And uh, Warren and Fern Trainer, James and Mary Ann Trainer, Don and Dee Murphy, Ralph and Alberta Shepherd, uh, George and Lily Murphy, Clyde and Minnie Munson, Walter Myers, Ellsworth Platt, Ian, uh, is it Ian uh, Parsley, and uh, Virginia Miller or Durlin, uh, Fritz and Rita Hedrick, Glenn and Eula McClung, Junior and Agnes Fatauer, Rufus and Evelyn Dowell, Fred and Nancy Killam, Bob Keller, Charles and Lois Schuff, Harold Evans, uh, Edith Reed. Uh, Vernon and uh, Virginia Curtis, Marie Burke, um, oh, Carla Sanders, and uh, Erville Wallace, Lenny Woodward, and uh, Don Klontz, and Delbert Trimble, and Don Horn, Dick and Bob Warren. That's just, and I know there's many others, but some of those names um, are to some of you that meant a lot just to hear those names again. Faithful men and women of God who were here day in and day out serving the Lord. And uh, we thank the Lord for that rich heritage. Also, uh, I want to take just a moment to mention some of the old evangelists. And, of course, the one that came, comes to my mind right away is Brother George Reeser. Uh, many revivals, 16, 17, down through the years. Uh, Leroy Lawler, Hugh Pyle, Le uh, Les Goulman. Uh, he was the uh, legless preacher. I know I saw a picture of him in the past. And then Kenneth. Uh, Blankenship, Harold Boyd, Harold Harsh, Ken Graham, Bobby Brown, Jerry McDonald, Harold Leake, Jerry Bernard, Gary Hodges, uh, Jacob Gardenhouse, Red Harper, Larry Reeser, Jack Thompson, uh, John Gamble, Ormond Norwood, Jerry Bernard, Jim Lyons, Alan Harris, Lou Hunter, Alan Harris, and of course uh, Gary Fox, Ted Alexander, we can go on and on, um, Brother um, uh, Brother Joe Mark, and uh, there's many, many others. Just a great heritage of evangelists that came in and set the pulpit afire, preaching the Word of God and uh, preaching salvation, preaching uh, uh, revival. And then the Lord's provision. That's something we have to be thankful for as we come together, why we should sing. The Lord has provided land and buildings and, and, and parking lots and funds and labor, and on and on we can go. God has provided for this church. And then about the, we're thankful for the Lord's power. I, I, I think we should give thanks for how God has grown us and, and, and sustained us through the years. And even through this virus, he's going to see us through. Uh, yes, we, people, some people come, some people go. But praise God for those who stay at it and faithfully serving the Lord. And then so the Lord has, has power, has been real. The Lord's purpose that's why we can thank the Lord. We as a church, we as individual Christians have a purpose for being here. The Great Commission in Matthew 28. Uh, this church has, has been and continues to be a missionary-minded church. And, and by God's grace, it will be that way until the Lord returns. So we see this invitation here come to sing, to make a joyful noise. And so to be thankful. Then, secondly, we see an explanation in Psalm 95. In verses 3 and 5, look there again. Um, in Psalm 95, in verse 3, And for the Lord is a great God and a great King above all, above all gods. 
and uh, look verse 4. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is, also, or is his also. The sea is his, and he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Look with me at verse 7. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture. So in verses 1 and 2, we're invited to sing and to give thanks unto the Lord. Why? And that's explained in verses 3 through 5, as well as verse 7. We are to give thanks to the Lord because of what God is. Because of what God is. God is many, many things uh, to many uh, too many for us to name here today in the time that we have. But David mentions some in particular. He tells us in verse 3 that the Lord is a great God, a great God. Oh, my, isn't he a great God? I mean, isn't God great? And so it, the, the Lord has done many wonderful and great things in our midst, uh, most Wonderful of all is the many, only again, thousands, I'm sure, over all of these years that have come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Thank God for the, the, the people that have been saved. The greatest thing God does is to save wicked sinners like you and I, to save the people that, that need to uh, uh, receive that eternal life and receive that gift of salvation and so the, that we become His children. So because the Lord is a great God, um, you know, we haven't seen, at least I, I could speak for myself, I haven't seen everything I want to see. I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure that we have not done all that God wants us to do. Uh, we would like to, you know, like to do more for the Lord, but we've seen many come to Christ. We've seen many get saved, and we need to praise God for that. Isn't God great to save all of these people? And then verses 3, the latter part of verse 3 and down through verse 5, just describe how God is a powerful God. He's a powerful God. has shown his power in our church. I've already mentioned about the changed lives, the power. God has power to change lives, and he still does. He still, I know Brother West mentioned this Wednesday night, God is still in the saving business. God wants to save people. He's still as powerful now as he was 184 years ago, as he was 1,000 years ago. He has never changed. He has never weakened. God is the same. You see, those of you who are just hearers of the word, not doers only, thank God for the doers, but those who are just hearers only haven't really got to the place where God wants you to be. Uh, you, you, maybe you got saved baptized you join the church but that's it and you're not really a doer of the word and then i would want to encourage you to take that next step obey what god says to do do what god wants you to do and you have uh, seen god's power at work here in this place hopefully in your life as well as you have yielded to him when you hear god's word when you apply God's word, when you obey God's word, that is when you see the power of God in your, at work in your life, in your family, and all around you. We've seen God's power in providing for our church over the years. Um, we should come and worship him because of what he is. Second reason, 
we should come and worship the Lord is because of what we are. Look there at verse 7. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. He's speaking to the, the saved here. Who, who are we who have been once and for all saved by the grace of God? We are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Uh, so, so why? For he is our God. He's ours. Would you, would you just look up here for a moment? Let's say that together. That phrase there, for he is our God. All right, together. For he is our God. Would you say it one more time? For he is our God. It's true that my fellow believer in Jesus Christ, what are you doing for your God? Are you serving him? Are you committed to him? Are you striving to get the word out? Isn't it sad when the sinner, when the wicked of our day are more bold in their testimony of their wickedness than we are of our faith? And so we need to, to stand up for our God, to speak out for our God and what he's done for us. And that's why we can collectively say, you know, with, what a testimony. Every, you know, think about it. Every member of this church has testified that they are born again. That's why we all can say, as Christians here today, we are the sheep of his hand. He is our God. And so can, let me park there for a second or two. Can you say that? I'm not asking you to answer out loud, but in your heart and mind right now, can you say he is my God? I know him as my Savior. I know that I'm going to heaven one day. If you can't say that, I want to encourage you to get it taken, get it settled today, get it taken care of today. What a great day. As we celebrate the anniversary of this church, a day that you come and, and give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Are you one of the Lord's sheep? Have you been saved? If not, if not get it taken care of, and God will save you. Let me get to my last point, amen? Uh, number three, there's a response that we see here. Look at verse six with me. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. So when we look to all that God has done, it ought to cause us to bow down before him and to worship him because it's not us. It's all him. It's his power. It's his love. We give all glory and all credit to him and so the Lord is good to us no debates about that I know some of you are may have be going through some really hard times some of you as you look back at this past year it's been really hard just a, a dark cloud over your life but I want you to know even through all of that God is good he's always good he changes not and so he has been a wonderful God to us. He has shown himself to us. He has shown himself powerful and able. Oh, come, David says, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. I think it would be good for us to do today. Maybe you can't kneel physically, but even right there in your pew, just to, to uh, humble your heart and say, oh, God, you've been so good to me. You've been so good to us. And uh, uh, worship and adore him. In closing, thank God 
for all that he has done at the Novice Baptist Church. It's all his, his glory and his credit for saving people, for growing us in the grace and truth of God's word, for teaching us, for, for giving us workers and servers, for, for uh, Sunday school teachers and, and people to, that would be willing to use their talents for the Lord. For, giving, uh, for providing for our church and, and its needs down through the, the years. For, for providing these buildings and the property that we enjoy here. We have come to the place where we can honestly say, along with the Apostle Paul in Philippians 3.13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Paul says here that he has not arrived yet. Now to me, think about that's an amazing statement. Paul is an old man now. If anybody had, to, had the right to claim that I've arrived, if anybody had a right to kind of boast a little bit about what he had accomplished, you would think it would be the Apostle Paul. He wrote most of the New Testament, did he not? Of course, inspired by God. He, he helped spread Christianity throughout all the Roman Empire, if not the, all, all the known world at that time. He made an incredible impact on this world, no question about it. Yet Paul, at the end of his life, this is what he says. I don't have it all together. He says, I haven't arrived. I, I haven't, I, I'm not perfect. I'm still, still growing. Now, God has done some wonderful things in the past 184 years. Uh, some of you have a, a much longer memory because you've been here longer than I. And you can, know, you can remember all those great things that God has done all through those years. But as I said earlier, God is not done with us yet. And, and uh, uh, this, part of the celebration of, of our anniversary, you could say, is, is also an evaluation. Um, anniversaries are, are, are great moments to look back, and we need to, to do so, but we need to be careful about nostalgia, right? Um, someone once said that nostalgia is the sandpaper that smooths the edges of the good old days. Over time, we tend to forget the hardships, we tend to forget the struggles, and we remember the blessings. Nothing wrong with that. But uh, Paul uh, uh, could have taken great pride in what he had already done. He could have said, you know, it's my time to retire. It's my time to take it easy. But he was not content. And he said, I want to strive for more, and I'm not satisfied. Now think uh, it, how important it is for us to remember, and it is that we remember, we, we have been so blessed as a church over the past 184 years, but we still have a long way to go. We have much more to do. God is not done. We have not arrived. We are still growing. And then pray. You know, pray for God to bless our church. Pray for God uh, in the months ahead to do a, a great work. Paul went on to say in verses 13 and 14, reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And so the words press toward, in the Greek it means to run swiftly. And, and, and so it's the same word as persecution. Here's what I believe Paul is saying. Before Paul was saved, what was he doing? He was persecuting the church. He was persecuting the believers. And after, um, uh, after he got saved, after he met the Lord Jesus Christ, now he's chasing after Christ. 
and, and the intensity was the same. As he pressed for the mark, as he strove to persecute, he says, now I'm even doing more striving forward, going forward uh, for the Lord, chasing Christ. Uh, uh, the intensity was the same. The direction was different. So may we all also determine to chase after Christ, that more people would come to faith in Jesus Christ in 2021. May we, may we chase after Christ that God would give us more people who would be just as committed as those dear brothers and sisters in Christ who are now with the Lord, or even those that are still sitting in the pew that have been so faithful all, all those years. May God give us more who would join the church, who will help us uh, do the labor that God has called us to do, that God would make us a holy people to stand out as a witness in our community, that God would help us in our building, building a new building, that God would supply the needs for the church, the for the ongoing programs and, and, of the church and the upcoming of, uh, projects of the church. So as we look to the future, I pray that the same determination that was seen in the lives of men and women 184 years ago to start a church, to build a church, would still be seen in our hearts and lives as we strive to reach forth that mark, that prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So we celebrate 184 years as a church today. But what we really celebrate is the goodness of God, is the grace of God. And so to Him and to Him alone be all glory and praise. Friend, if you're here today and you're not saved, oh, I invite you to trust Him as your Savior today. Christian, if you're here and maybe God's touched your heart that you're not doing enough for the Lord, maybe you've been sitting uh, too long and you need to stand up and do something for God. Let Him have His way. Father, your will be done in this invitation. If there be any here today that has never received Christ as their Savior, may this be the day they come and get that settled. And may Christians, may all of us determine that we're going to do more, that we're going to be more for you, that you can use us in a powerful way. We want to see those great and mighty things that we have not seen, that we know not of. And Lord, we commit ourselves to you anew and fresh to use us, to use this ministry for your glory. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand with heads bowed and eyes closed. God's spoken to your heart. If you need to come, you come. Have you surrendered all to the Lord? Can you honestly say that I'm, I'm committed? I'm surrendered. When God speaks, I obey. I hope that's the case. If not, maybe you need to come and just rededicate your life to the Lord. Start over new and fresh. Start serving Him, living for Him, testifying of Him. And again, if you're not saved today, please come. We'd love to help you. Take a Bible and show you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven. I surrender all.
Amen. Thank you, Jody. Appreciate you playing the piano today, and it's good to see each and every one of you. I do invite you to come over for the meal. I know some of you won't be able to, but please come. Uh, enjoy the fellowship. Uh, we've got the food coming. I'm not sure if it's here yet. Uh, maybe after we pray, some of you men can see if Jerry's out there and help him. I don't want uh, gravy all over the parking lot, um, so maybe he needs a hand out there. So we've got all the food, and just come and help us eat it and have a good time of fellowship. Brother Art Murphy, if you would, dismiss us in prayer, please.